Hey everyone, this is Marilyn Marie Cruz Hayes, and it's been quite a long time since I've been on this podcast. I uh, I would say it's been about a year and five months. Wow, that's a long time. So I decided to come on here today because um, I've been feeling a little down lately and um, I thought I would come on here and talk about some things that uh, that is going on today since I last been on um, the podcast. Uh, today is August 11th, year is 2020 time is one o'clock p.m. in the afternoon and we are living in a world of where we now have COVID-19 pandemic and uh, we were in quarantine since March hundreds of thousands of people have died and there's still many people all across the world who are still uh, being affected, has been affected, have tested negative, but still going through symptoms of COVID, trying to regain their strength. We have had friends or family or people that we know through other people who have passed away due to the pandemic COVID-19. I had a loved one who was very, very nice and sweet and he passed away. And that was really, really hurtful for me because it wasn't only just COVID-19, but he had an underlying health ailment on top of that and you know we was pulling for him and praying for him and in the end God had the final say so and it broke my heart because it's a rare when you met somebody around the age of 16 and now I'm, I'm 45 next month September 30 if I be 46 that's a long time of knowing somebody and you know although you know we live in different states and we may not have spoke to each other every day you know but when we did see each other which was a rare you know might have been a church event you know we spoke and he was always friendly and and there's no one like him that I've met each person each man is unique you know but he was he was such a great guy and he's truly missed and you know it hurt me even more because of his family his wife his two children his son his daughter and um I can relate on a level of not losing a husband but I can relate on a level of losing a father I've have not been on here in so long that 
my father passed away uh, July 31st of 2017 and it's been three years since he's been gone and since his death I've have recorded some podcasts but I don't believe I really discuss how it felt or feels to have lost my father and um that might be for another podcast discussion but um losing people is a really hard thing to do and you know feeling the the sorrows of what his family is going through was really heartbreaking for me but you know they're always in my prayers and that one day they will find solace and and heal even though they will forever miss their husband and or their father so many people close to me you know uh got COVID and was able to uh, heal Uh, and the sad part is that the way the person was once were energetic lively always outside happy very neighborly um, got sick and it took her a long time to get better and and it's still taking, even though she tested negative, three times. Um, she's still dealing with the process of trying to regain her strength and trying to learn how to not so much as walk, but walk without stopping, walk without getting exasperated and tired, and which was once where she can go up a hill and it's one two three where now she has to stop and catch her breath and um, still suffer the symptoms of COVID even though she no longer have COVID so you know I pray for her she knows who she is and many people who's out there whether I know you or don't know you I'm always praying for people you know that God will have his way and 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 be merciful and you know healing if possible Sometimes we become ill and healing may not be possible and the evident is to one day come and that's just God's will. You know, no one said that he will always heal you and other people don't realize that. That's a whole nother conversation, you know, spirituality. Um... But I decided to jump on here today because um, I feel sad. And although I have a best friend and a sister in Christ and a confidant, I don't always want to bother her with my drama or my uh, mood swings. I, um, I figured... Why not get on the podcast? It's been so long. I I don't know how to bring everything into words or perspective, but, you know, I, if any one of you all out there listen or have not listened, I'm a domestic violence survivor and 
and um, I deal with living with having gone through domestic violence for years and I think I've finally come to terms with although I am an advocate and I have started my own organization Palms Upon My Hands Inc and we've done fairly well Um, but due to COVID uh, we have taken a step back and haven't really interacted with the community as much as my mind and my heart would like to Um, but I'm working on slowly putting something together so we can interact with the community a lot of other community advocates and leaders and you know other nonprofits organizations have put themselves out there and god bless them they're doing great work um i'm always rooting for them whether we are in the same field or not in the same field and um i've had some hate come my way uh, discussions about me that you know are not true people just don't know me or maybe they don't understand me or you know I, I don't hate on anybody and I'm always rooting for my people my color people my black and my brown and you know but the one thing I realize is that because I'm not in the limelight or because I'm not in their circle that pretty much I'm not shit and I would never be shit, you know, and um, there's no true loyalty, there's no sisterhood, and I've learned that, and because of the many things that I've gone through, um, since I've last done any kinds of podcasts, um, I've separated myself from pretty much everyone, maybe except one or two, if you're lucky, three people, um, I have to learn to be able to do things on my own. I have to stop relying on people and, 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 and looking for people to help me figure out my way, my walk. I need to be able to do that on my own. And I'm not here to please anybody but myself. And um, not everybody's gonna like me and that's okay. Was it hurtful? Yes, it was hurtful when I received the information that um, things were being said about me that were not true, that are not true. And people who I entrust and thought I'd be able to build with and um, build friendships and resources with uh, just turned out to be fake and phony and... I have to admit, I'm not biased, but some of the men in the community that are in leadership are just so horrible and sexist, and they gossip more than women. I can expect women to be catty, but men of high stature to be catty, to say things that aren't true. I just don't get it. You, 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 you try to join or merge or, you know, they pretty much almost wanted you to abandon your own organization just because it was a matter of you had to choose. It's either them or nothing. 
And if you don't choose them, you're nothing because you're a nobody. I was told I was a nobody. And um, I'm not going to choose them over my own organization that I've been working on for three years. Why would I do that? Why can't we each one teach one? I'm new. You've been in existence and in the movement for a while. Why not teach me? Why not lead if you're going to be a leader? But no, if it ain't about you giving them sex or otherwise, then you ain't shit. And to those who may be Christian that are listening to my podcast, forgive me, I repent uh, for using cuss words. But this is real life sometimes. And the Lord knows my heart. He knows what I've been through, how far I've come, and how much more ways that I have to go. And I'm just being honest. I think people nowadays don't want people to be honest. They just want you to fake and be phony and lie. And speaking of lie, what about the other lie? Why do I have to lie on my back to get somewhere? What nerve of them? I really wish I could call out their names, but I'm not going to do that. People who have been on the news, people who do press conference that I've come across, they're liars. I respected them and I had looked up to them and my expectations of being possibly under them was so high that it was just such a great letdown and and the way they talk to women and about women and 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 the way the disrespect that came my way you can't disrespect me you got one time to cross me and it's done deal I don't want to hear no apologies especially if you knew my background if you've known what I've gone through and you come at me a certain kind of way or disrespect me in a manner and I am less than a woman now I, I can't tolerate that because if I allow you to speak to me that way once or even twice you will always disrespect me and I'm just never gonna do that I'm never gonna allow another man in my life disrespect me, degrade me, abuse me ever again. That's just what it is. And that is just what's so. And um, guys, I, I, I have so much. I, I can't begin to to just begin to tell you I've, how much I've just separated myself from people. I was hurt for a really long time and I've cried many tears. And one thing about me is that I cry, but no one gets to see me cry much. I hide when I'm crying, you know, or if I'm feeling down or if I'm even feeling a low grade of depression, you know, I tend to separate myself. I tend to get quiet. I tend to need to think things through and clear my head and figure out what am I going to do? What is my next move? Who can I really trust? Now I come to realize I can't trust a lot of people. Someone said, oh, the reason why this came from a woman. Someone said, oh, you know, you you have to learn to be able to trust people. This is why people, you know, they can't get with you. And that's really sad. This was said to me about a year ago. And what's really sad about that statement is the fact that you don't know me. And I was trying to be a friend and trying to, you know, um, work together with this person and, um, 
she didn't really realize the words that she was saying to me considering you were also a victim considering your own background and I'm saying to myself like from woman to woman you got the audacity to sit here to tell me this no I I don't just open up to anybody and especially women women has always been a let down let alone men the question is who can we really trust How do you don't like me? How can people just not like me if you don't know me, if you don't get the chance to know me? Because you know what? I told her, what did I tell her? I told her, I don't burn bridges with people. People burn their bridges with me. And I say that to say, because if you really knew who I was, if you really knew my background, if you really know who I am, you will want to keep me as a friend because as a friend, I give my all. Not only do I give my all, you have my undivided attention. You have a hundred percent of my friendship. You have about a hundred percent of love for me. I'm that friend that will go running to you. I'm that friend that will defend you. I am that friend that will tell you the truth. I am that friend that will welcome you welcome you into my family into my home into my life I am that friend where I will come out of pockets and you would not most times have to come out of pocket but it's never reciprocated and I don't want to be a mean person which is not really the word I want to use but I have to respect my audience You know, I can be just as disgusting as a lot of the people that I came across in the community, leaders and and in the movement. And um, I'm just sad. And and I didn't think I would want to talk about that, but I just had to get that little bit out. You know, um, I didn't want to have to push people away. But I see every time I allow myself to be open and try to be that woman, try to be that friend, it doesn't work out for me. It really doesn't. And that's really sad, you know, because I would love to have a group of women who are empowered and who empower each other and don't talk behind your back. I would not talk behind your back. And if I ever did, trust me, I done said it already to your face. But I'm just not that type of person because I don't like anyone to talk about me. Oh, they say, you know, who cares? You know, people are going to talk about everybody or people are just going to talk. But you know what? That hurts too. That hurts just as much as being hit. I'm not saying that I would rather be hit, but it hurts people say oh who cares what people say it doesn't matter no it it matters because it can tarnish your um it can tarnish you emotionally you know it can tarnish your character and then people may or may not want to deal with you because just of what one or two people said but you know that's in the past and I'm learning to deal with that and I'm learning to look ahead and come up with new ideas and new projects 
not for me, but for my community. I love my community, y'all. There's so much that I want to do for my community. But if you don't suck somebody's balls or suck somebody's tit, they figure you're not going to get anywhere. And I would rather start from the bottom and keep starting over if it means that if I touch just a handful of people or one person, I don't need the news media in my face to show that I'm doing community work. I don't need a group of people to say, hey, there she go, that's Marilyn. You want to mess with her. You want to be under her. I don't need that. I don't need it. I don't need limelight. I never did. I I don't need the press. And I kind of realize in the community of leaders and those who are fighting various movements, they need the press. What impresses me is when you do things quietly. And that's That is me. I can give my blood, sweat, and tears to the community. But you know what matters is that God sees me. And that the people who I'm helping sees me. And if it means that people are going to talk about me because I don't have the news in my face. I don't have my face plastered on posters. I'm not in that elite circle of people. I'm okay with that because the main person that I need to pay attention to me is God Almighty. That's what's important to me, God. My spiritual is important to me. My family, my daughters, my son, my grandchildren are important to me. And if they see me and if they are proud of me, then that's what puts the light in me. What puts the light in me is when I help a woman, male or child, and they look at me and say, thank you. That matters to me. That's what's most important to me. I thought I wanted to try to have some light shed on my organization or some light shed on me as a person, as a victim, who is a survivor, as a founder of a not-for-profit organization. I I thought I, I wanted that, but after being in connecting with people, I don't think I want that. Unless the right people come along, genuine, true people, and I haven't come across that. I haven't come across that. So it is what it is. And um, that's where I'm at right now. And today I, I just don't have no real title for today's podcast. It's just all about feelings and disappointments and things that's happening around the world today and our youth is in so much trouble. There's so much crime and sadness and death and depression and officers, police officers who are hurting our young and our old and 
just our black and brown communities and the way they treat us or them indifferent. Now, I'm not against police officers. We need them. We need good ones. And I believe we have good ones. I have retired police officers that are cousins of mine that that I like to believe are good officers. And if they ever done anything wrong, I don't know about it. And I hope that's ne- that had never been the case. But I am for police officers. I am for law and order. We, we got to have order. But respectfully. And there's just a lot of racist bigotry going on in the police force. Even when they're not own people, they seem to forget where they come from. They seem to forget what color they are. They get one or two white friends and it's over. That, that means the world to them. That's sad. You know, even the FDNY. All racist. And it's sad. But um there's no trust in these officers because of the murders and the killings, you know, and stigmatizing our communities and our people and stop and frisk, even though they don't call it stop and frisk anymore. Police officers implanting narcotics and different things just so that they could, you know keep up with a quota you know um, there's so much I would like to say about that but I guess that'd be another time for different podcasts but with everything going on in the world police officers I I gotta go back to police officers you know they're not doing their jobs because you know they want to do police reform they want to defund the police officers and rightfully so. How about where are you good ones? I know there are good ones. I've come across good ones. Why are you not speaking up? Because the blue wall is silence? Because your union leader is now allowing you? Your union, your union leader is a racist and a bigot. Big time. So you, you go out there. And there's less patrol cars. Things going on and these officers decide they're not going to lift a finger because the community, the people, people of color, Black Lives Movement are against us. They are against the treatment. And they are tired. You had 300 years or more our government had to get it right by our people. The Constitution is not for us. We are not the people. All is not included. It wasn't included for our people. It was included for only the Caucasians. Now, what do I mean by that? KKK, Aryans, all those who are of white descent. They're so ignorant and lack such knowledge. You're not born a racist. You were taught to be racist. A lot of them say, go back to Africa. Well, your European ancestors brought our people here. But God allows a lot of things. And we will soon one day find out, you know, America was stolen. 
why not you guys go back? Give all that's due to the Indians. But that's another story. And with everything that's going on today, y'all, it's just so sad. And it is depressing. And speaking of depressing, it makes me wonder why so many police officers have committed suicide. Why are you committing suicide? Is it because of the wrong that you did? Is it the wrong that your partner did? Is it wrong what the police department is doing? Your local precinct is doing? Is it that because you want to tell what's going on? Not sure which way it is. Did you commit suicide because you were guilty? Or did you commit suicide because you cannot talk? Because of that blue wall of silence. And the mistreatment you and your family will receive from the brotherhood of the blue walls. One would never know. One would just never know. I try to do what's right. I try to love everyone. I try to pray for everyone. Whether I know you, whether I don't, whether you live in the States, in America, or if you live in continents. I try. But one thing I thank God for is my leader in my church. I thank God for my church. I thank God for the saints, members of our church, and and clear understanding that I have. I have shortcomings. I'm human. But I strive to want to be good. I strive to want to do what I need to do. I strive to live, to want to live right. So, it's now 1.30. I think I've been on here for about 30 minutes and 6 seconds. And it may sound like I'm rambling, y'all, but it's just so many things in my head and I just don't know how to talk about just one thing at a time. I feel saddened. And I've been crying a lot on and off lately. And there's so much things I want to talk about. And I just can't find the right words to talk about it or who I can talk about it with. So I'm going to make it my business to talk to my podcast. My podcast is going to listen to me. This is unedited. This is raw. This is me. This is the truth. And, um... I just hope that whoever is listening can understand where I'm coming from. Domestic violence is at an all-time high. Women, men, children being murdered. Human trafficking is high. Children, boys, girls... Men, women are being trafficked, organ harvesting. The government plays a big role. Pedophilia. Can't believe that they hold workshops and seminars on trying to legalize pedophilia. I don't understand this world. I don't understand this world. The evilness that's in the air. People don't realize that there's evil in the air. That there, we fight powers and 
and principalities and and spiritual wars out there. And I don't think people really realize that. People don't realize that God is coming back. Do we know when? No. Are there signs? Yes. Yes, there is. I'm not at home. I've I've gone away for a few days to try to clear my head and clear what's in my heart, but my heart is heavy, y'all. It's so heavy that I'm doing everything that I can not to cry on this podcast. I have children that I worry about, grandchildren that I worry about. They want to open up the schools, especially for young children. It shouldn't be. And I understand that parents need to get back to work. I do. If you need money in the home, you have to pay your bills. There's Landlords are not trying to be understanding. You have to be able to support you, your child, or whoever in your home or out of your home. Times are hard, you know, and um, children are so nasty. Young children are nasty. They're lovable, but they're nasty. They pick everything up and put everything in their mouth and touch each other and... You know, the social distancing for young children, I'm not so sure it's going to work. You know, and and the fact that they can't interact with each other socially, that's a problem. It's a problem without it had been the pandemic. Before the pandemic, you had children who come home with, with stomach viruses, head lice, and colds, and flus. And imagine now with the pandemic, I feel that most children should do remote learning. But that's just my opinion. You know, and again, I, I'm, I sympathize and empathize with those who have to go to work. I do. But there has to be better alternatives for this. There has to be. Too many people are dying, and I don't believe the numbers that they say. There are more numbers than what they really tell us. <sighs> Guys, when you get a chance... Check out my website, you know, www.palmspalmahands.net. You know, check me out. Read what I'm about. Read what we've done. It's not fully updated. I have to update it. But, you know, any kind of support helps. And I'm not even talking about financial support. Does that help? Yes. It helps with the movement. It helps me to, you know, put back into the community. Guys, I do not pocket nothing. Nothing. I don't steal from people I don't steal from my own company you know and what makes me sad with celebrities and people is that you have to be a big huge organization for them to even take notice of you but what about our grassroots organizations what about us what about our little people why can't we get recognized why can't you put your two cents in it is what it is. If anybody out there wants to talk, message me. You can reach me on Facebook, Palms Upon My Hands. You can reach me on Instagram, Palms Upon My Hands. You can reach me on my website. You can look me up on Google, Palms Upon My Hands. You'll see a couple of things that the news did post up. Um, 
that we've covered. Um, there's any woman, man, child that is in need of assistance, please don't hesitate to look for us. That's why we're here. You know, my job would never be done. And as I said, if it's just one person, then I know I've done my job. So, you may probably can hear some noise in my background. I can't really do anything about that. So please excuse any form of noise in my background. I have no control of that. But, um... I have some things that I have to deal with. Speaking of domestic violence, being a survivor. I, um... I kind of realized that I'm not over a lot of things as I thought I would have liked to believe that I was over. I've learned this year some things that's happened to a few of my daughters when it comes to their biological father, uh, who was the abuser in this all. And it really broke my heart. It really saddened me. I had to really give face and, and listen to them and then behind closed door cry. Because it's one thing of the fact that he was abusing me, but I just did not know that he had abused my daughters when he had disciplined them, or my son for that matter. My son just recently told me that he remembers when he had to go live with his dad for just a moment. I had went through some things where I got myself into trouble and I was arrested and I had to go back and forth to court for just a little bit. All charges were dropped. Um, I didn't know jail time, just a few days behind the, uh, in holding, if you will, for lack of a better term. Um, so my son had to go live with his father for a little bit, I would say about a couple of months tops, um, until the case was over and until I was able to get my son back. And my son revealed to me just last week uh, that his father kicked him in his face. And that broke my heart. It breaks my heart every time my children tell me something new. Because I would like to believe that I would have addressed it. My daughter said that she did tell me. And that I didn't believe her. And guys, in all honesty, I don't even remember that. I don't know if my brain blocked everything out due to trauma. But what I realized is that If I did do that, I'm forever sorry to them. And had I really known what was going on, because these are probably during the times that I was working and, uh, and just didn't know about it. By the time I got home, the kids was already in bed and I, I would get myself you know, ready for bed, you know, to do it all over again the next day. I worked on and off from time to time, but wasn't, you know, consistent. So I thought he had everything under control. I never thought, you know, that I had to worry about my kids. I never thought he abused the kids according to the way that they told me he would put his hands on them. So that's, that has been breaking my heart lately. Um, it's a trigger for me. I have to deal with that. And that might explain why my daughters sometimes are very short and uh, beautiful girls. 
physically inside and out, but I see that it has affected them in their older years, uh, emotionally and maybe mentally. Um, they're strong girls and they do not let no young man or man get to them. I tell you that for sure, but my heart is broken and I am emotionally dying inside from the things that I've been hearing and uh, I want to address it I want to seek some answers so I was just interrupted (laughs) by my granddaughter who just loves uh, just popping in uh, the room but anyway guys yeah um I'm emotional these days lately. Could be due to the fact that my father's anniversary just came and left and to hear what my kids had to say to me and, you know, not knowing or blocking it out. I don't even know. But I definitely think or have been thinking of looking for answers behind that. And it makes it so hard for me to try to forgive this man who abused me for 13 years um, for 13 years because how can I forgive you and I know God wants me to forgive him but how can I forgive you when I keep finding things out you know it makes it so hard to forgive so now I have to pray and I have to God to please help me because I need help I need help I can't say I'm fully emotionally damaged because I'm I am in what I consider to be a great relationship, you know, with the love of my life. So I'm pretty much going to end this podcast because um, I keep getting kind of interrupted. But like I said, I have to pray and ask God to help me with this. No human can help me with this. You know, um, no human can help me with this. So this is what I'm feeling today, among so many other things, but I don't want this podcast to be extra long, and I already hit almost the 43-minute mark. (laughs) So until next time, be bold, be beautiful, be free, and most importantly, be you. Take care. Hi, I just wanted to let you know that I've I've been listening to your podcast and um, especially your first one, excuse me, and I wanted to let you know, first of all, that I agree with you that we need to stop the silence, um, which is really hard for somebody who's in the middle of a domestic violence situation. So I haven't figured out how to help somebody make noise in that regard but I I do agree it's something that we need to start talking about and be more open with as a society but I also wanted to let you know that I really like the terminology that you use that you were a victim then you were survivor and now you're a victor and I think that's a great analogy thanks bye
everybody. Today is um, September 5th, 10.54 a.m. Eastern Central Time, Eastern Standard Time. Um, today is my father's birthday, or well, what would have been his birthday. And normally, I'm pretty strong. It's been three years since he's passed. And he passed away July 31st, 2017. And um, today, on this day, the 5th of September, 2020, we're going to be having a family come by my home. And... uh, You know, just uh, acknowledge his birthday or what would have been his birthday. Um, I'm feeling a little bit emotional. So if I sound not too much like myself, it's because I've been... um, Pretty much I had a little cry. And I may cry on this podcast, but it's okay because... I use this as my platform to express how I feel and things that have taken place or going on in my life. Um, Sometimes when it comes to your parents, especially your father, especially if you have both parents in the home, um, you look at your father as a hero as the head of the household, as the man, you know, who took care of you and cleaned you and fed you and and clothed you and took you to school and picked you up all the way to to high school, my father. Excuse me, y'all, I'm getting a little bit emotional. He took me to school and he picked me up from high school. And, um, you know, when you move things forward, before you know it, you have a parent who's sick. You know, my dad had diabetes, and I would have rather him have diabetes than Alzheimer's disease. He developed Alzheimer's disease, um, I believe it might have been in his 50s, 60s, if I'm correct. So for someone like him, he caught it early, which would be considered a a young age. And um, Alzheimer's disease destroyed, it destroyed my dad. We had him for a little while, but to watch him deteriorate um, was heartbreaking for me it was hard for me to see him deteriorate and it was even extra harder when it was time to put him in the nursing home and um it just wasn't right for me emotionally and uh, mentally because it became really hard for me to see him because that's not how I picture my father You know, my father has been this OG 
Everyone loved him. He was a people person. He'll give you the clothes literally off his back. I remember days where he would bring strangers into our home and, and would go in his closet and give him whatever he had in his closet. He he was not ashamed to help people. It was it was literally in his heart. And I think that's where I get it from when it comes to community. Um when it comes to our communities and 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 what we do as far as domestic violence, as far as food distributions, as far as the community as a whole. I think I get that trait from my dad. I don't know how to have a business where I can actually earn money. My heart and my mind and my soul is always so giving. <laughs> um, I thank God for that. And I thank God for my dad for me being able to pick up that trait of the gift of giving. But um, I seen my dad deteriorate. And it became to the point where the nurse told my mom, like, she can't come back here. She cannot handle it. She cannot deal with him being in a nursing home and seeing my dad not knowing who I am his mind, his cognitive thinking reversed and then it became to the point where he no longer could even speak no longer can walk, no longer can do anything not even so much as eat from time to time or drink and just the many different various um, changes that he went through was so disheartening and mentally disturbing for me and my family couldn't understand why is it that I wouldn't go see my dad as often I didn't go see my dad as often because look at me now if I was devastated then I'm even more devastated now because how do you get over you get over a parent's death how do you get over death there's never a moment where you can get over death whether it be your mother your father your brother your uncle your cousin god forbid your child it hurts it hurts either all the same or on different levels. And, um, I hurt a lot. I cry a lot. I cry behind closed doors. I cry and hurt in silence because I don't want to alarm my family. Especially my mom. She's doing so well. You know, I'm sure she has her moments and her times, but... I had to hold this in for so long just to be strong for all of them. But sometimes who's strong for the person who always have to be strong when she's feeling weak and vulnerable and sad and no one to really share her inner emotions so that people can understand her. 
sometimes I'm misunderstood and that's okay because you know what God made me the way that I am y'all out there who listens to this podcast please forgive me I hope you can understand where I'm coming from I hope you can understand my pain and my sorrow today as a child I'm not even speaking as an adult I'm a child I'm a child who lost her dad I'm a child who misses her father so much I'd rather get it out now because later on when my family comes I have to change my whole demeanor and get back to you know being able to be there for my family for my mom which is a very touchy touchy day today I went and bought my dad a cake it said happy birthday dad or in Spanish happy birthday pa and um I'm not so sure if I want to sing happy birthday since he's not here. But I wanted to remember him and honor him of what would have been his age today. And it hurts me because I have grown children. I have grandchildren. Another grandchild on the way. I will be seven grandkids. He, he didn't get the chance to see all of this. He didn't get the chance to see how well my daughters were doing for, are doing for themselves. You know, college, living on their own in their own apartments, succeeding. He didn't get to witness none of these things, and it breaks my heart because he, he, he doesn't even get the chance to see that I'm getting gray hairs you know that I that I'm living a healthy life and I'm in a better position than I was years ago and that my life has changed and it's just so heartbreaking y'all I looked at my father as such a strong stubborn sweet talkative Man, and sometimes you just think that they're never going to leave, and then before you know it, it's it's like a blink in the eye, they're gone. You're truly, truly gone, and there's no coming back. And I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm a believer in Christ. I believe in God the Son and God the Father. I am a Christian, and. I hurt and we're human and I know that he is resting in the bosom of the Lord I know he believed and that's what helps me to go on about my day and a lot of times I push it in the back burner so that it doesn't come to the forefront to how I am today on this podcast I don't edit. I'm transparent. And if people want to get to know me through these podcasts, know that this is me. This is who I am. I wish... I wish there could be a cure for Alzheimer's disease. 
All diseases are horrible, but I wish it was a cure. I wish there was something that could have kept him longer. I wish that there was something that could have reversed it. But that wasn't in the Lord's will. Some diseases are not meant to be cured. And some diseases are meant to be cured. The Lord has reasons for everything that he does. I'm just glad that um, that there is a sovereign God. And he takes care of his people, his children. And um, I do apologize, y'all, for jumping on here. But... Maybe this is a form of therapy for me. Maybe um, I just needed to get it out since I'm not physically sitting in front of anyone talking about how I feel. Sometimes you don't always want to burden people and sometimes you don't always want to cry in somebody's face or ear. So I get on this podcast to bear my sorrow for today. So please excuse me for any and all those who takes the time out to hear me today. I'm actually in the middle of cooking. (laughs) And I, I should be downstairs in my kitchen prepping for today's gathering. And I will. It's just that, um certain times really hurt you know a birthday or certain memories and um that time of year of his death I will never get over it I will die with this in my heart in my mind you know um I thank God that I have my mom. (laughs) I really do. I love my mom just as much as I love my dad. And um, I thank God for sparing her life every day, all day. I thank God that my children are okay and my grandchildren are okay and today's world is so horrible and come to think about it I do thank the Lord for even the death of my dad during this time of COVID because he was in a nursing home and he could have indefinitely um, on top of the disease developed the COVID-19 virus and if it wasn't the disease that was already killing him it would have been COVID and he'd have suffered he was already suffering but to suffer on top of suffering that's heartbreaking so I thank God on the flip side that my father went home uh, 
before COVID-19. So, you guys, if there's anyone out there who has lost a family member, close friends, friends, anyone that you know, that you know, that you loved, you have my deepest, deepest sympathy. And know that we're going to have our ups and our downs. And sometimes it may be a little lower than just down and a little higher than just up. But it's a process. And um, you have my deepest condolences and my prayers to you guys that's out there. Whether I know you or don't know you, I don't have to know you. One of the things that I do, and usually I wouldn't say this out loud but I pray for people that I don't know sometimes I pray for people who just walk past me I pray for those who are always in living you know elderly living facilities or nursing homes I pray for babies that are being born and babies that are dying babies who are taken and women and men who are dying and those who are suffering all kinds of diseases and discrimination and and um, racism um, just with everything that's going on and the evil that's in the air and I just pray that God has mercy on all of us and government that's in office you know I I think a lot of bad things and I say things that probably are inappropriate regarding our government mainly the one in the White House um, but at the same time I pray that that God does something with him God, God do something with him He ignites so much chaos. It's it's unbelievable. So you guys, thank you for listening to my podcast. It's not going to be very long. I'm beginning to calm down and settle down and beginning to feel a little bit better, which means that I know I can go on about my day and my evening when my mom and few of my family come over here today. Um, I just want y'all to know that I love you. I love you all with the love of the Lord. I pray for you all that there be better days and that the Lord heals all those who are sick and shut in and, and those who are coming in and those who are going out. I pray for peace. I pray for vindication. I pray for nations and continents and states. doesn't matter. I pray for this entire world. I pray that you all find peace. And I pray that you all find love. Take care of one another. Support one another. Who else do we have? 
time is not on our side and time and chance happens to us all. So with that being said, I'll repeat myself again. Love one another. Let's forgive one another. Because before you know it, you may be on the receiving end of a podcast like me, pouring out your emotions and your feelings. It may not have been your father or your mother. It may have been someone else, an aunt, an uncle, cousin. But hurt is hurt. And love is love. And know that we carry them in our hearts and our mind during these trying times. Until my next podcast, God bless you all. And may peace be unto you all.